Hey everyone, hi, I'm Akshay Agarwal. I'm a pro-machine guy and a believer in the idea that decentralization is important to drive progress and change. Many of you know me because of my views or observations about tech startups and even more so because of my crypto and blockchain evangelism. Also, some of you have contacted me or reached out to me for learning more about Draper University. So I, I have Draper wears all over, I meet Draper University and you know, it's it's all about the learning that we get there and today is going to be about these topics all along. So this, but before we get into those topics, this podcast is one of my new experiments. I've been looking forward to communicate with you all digitally because it's getting more and more difficult by each passing day to catch up with everyone individually out there and hence I'm exploring ways I can still uh, share my perspective and talk to everyone regularly. Podcast being one of the first experiments at that. So while I've been analyzing various problems, thinking different approaches, following broader trends, my mindset has been hugely impacted upon by the monumental venture capitalist Tim Draper. Tim is the founder of Draper Associates and Draper University, has backed some amazing entrepreneurs before they could build huge companies like Hotmail, Skype, Tesla, Twitch, and many, many more. I learned a great I learned a great deal from Tim during my time at Draper University and would love to share some of his perspectives to you all so that that guides you along your journey. Tim is here in Mumbai, which just got done with a sumptuous meal organized specially for Draper University alumni. And I thought, why not try to use this opportunity for a podcast conversation with Tim. I'm glad that you could finally make it to India, Tim. How are you doing? How's your trip going? Doing great, uh, Akshay. Great to, have, great to be here. Um, by the way, for our listeners here, uh, we're, we're broadcasting from the Taj Mahal Palace in a room that is just <laughs> spectacular. Um, they have really put me up in, a, in real style here in India. So, so far, India looks pretty darn good. Uh, although we did spend, a, uh, I did spend three hours in the airport last night going Whoa. through, going through my e-visa line uh, and then coronavirus line, but uh, I'm happy to be here. I love the entrepreneurial spirit here in India, and uh, and we've we've had so many great Indian entrepreneurs that we backed uh, from from uh, Sabir Bhatia and uh, at Hotmail. Uh, we've had uh, we've had a great run with a bunch of great Indian Indian entrepreneurs. And I hope to continue to back Indian entrepreneurs. And we have uh, Meet the Drapers show, which uh, where you can actually invest in the entrepreneurs that we interview. And those entrepreneurs, um, uh, many of them come from India, and uh, most of our distribution is through India. So. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a good love for India. <laughs> I'm super excited about Meet the Drapers because even before you know, I got to know from the Draper University team you coming, there were so many people that reached out to me with if you know I have some inclination towards you know some power to pull them into the startup that get shortlisted to pitch you. <laughs> I did get woken up this morning by somebody who had actually come to the hotel <laughs> and wanted to pitch me on his business. Wow. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, the hotel guy was trying to get me to come down to the lobby and I was like, oh boy, this could be a long week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Indian hustle for you. <laughs> there are some good Indian hustlers. Absolutely. 
So Dev, your timing to come to India, it's it couldn't have been any better. You're such a strong believer of Bitcoin uh, and the whole decentralization movement. Supreme Court just quashed the central bank's prohibition on banking services for crypto companies. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, which came first? <laughs> was it me coming to India, or was it the Supreme Court uh, deciding on their own? I mean. Yeah, the timing couldn't have been better. They know a big Bitcoin guy is coming to <laughs> India and they say, well, let's make it legal while he's here. <laughs> and yeah. maybe even after he leaves. Um, no, Bitcoin is so important for all of us. The, 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 this decentralized world is opening up all of our borders. It's going to be much more easier, much easier to do business. It's going to be much easier to communicate across borders, to pay people across borders, to um, it, it, it's really opening up uh, a whole new economy. And I think the India Supreme Court was very wise in their decision, um, knowing that uh, they are not uh, a political body that is, that is sort of trying to cling to, their, cling to the past and hold on to their power. They are instead thinking of the good of the country, good of the world long term. And they're saying, this is good for the world. Uh, Bitcoin is good for the world. It opens borders. It's frictionless. Um, economies are going to be uh, exploding because of it. And, uh, and I think this is really one of the best times uh, in the world to be um, a change agent to be an entrepreneur or a venture capitalist or somebody who really wants to move the world because this new technology is open and transparent and global and keeps perfect records and, um, and can start to turn the world into a much more automated, much simpler uh, place to be and it allows human creativity to thrive as the machines take on more of the day-to-day, uh, -to -day, uh, the, the tasks that we do over and over and over. Uh, we humans have more time and more thought to be given to what if, and science fiction and creativity and uh, all these great things that can happen because um, a lot of these roles that were done um, by people doing repetitive tasks can now be done by machines. And that is a great thing. And a lot of people fear it, but I, and I embrace it. I think this is a fantastic thing. If I could get a machine to do the things that I have to do every day over and over, I will definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, most of us know you, and in fact, I was speaking to some folks uh, about my excitement to have you here in India finally, because we've, we've been looking forward to your visit for about two years now. And, you know, so there was this uh, journalist friend of mine who, who, you know, shared the idea that Tim is known for his investments in future. He's got this wonderful vision. So you have to break down that vision. You have to get him to share what that vision for society uh, in the future is from his side. So tell us about that. Okay, so so it, it kind of, this vision kind of did start with Bitcoin because it's a decentralized currency, which means and it's open and transparent and global and, and, and interconnected. Well, with Bitcoin came the blockchain, which kept perfect 
track of money and where it was going. But that blockchain can also be used to keep perfect track of data, of records. Um, and with the blockchain came something called a smart contract, which was the ability to create a contract in the cloud so that you don't have to have hundreds of lawyers and accountants and whoever trying to figure out what's supposed to happen in a transaction. Now those transactions are, are fully baked inside a smart contract and everybody knows that's the deal. It's built in stone and, uh, and we've written it in a very fair way in software. Now you combine those three technologies with the, the artificial intelligence and machine learning that's happening today. Um, it's gotten to be where in artificial intelligence things like healthcare are much, much easier to, uh, to uh, take good care of people with. Uh, let's say um, you need to diagnose a headache. Well, uh, the old way, you'd go to the doctor, the doctor would say, well, here, take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Well, that headache could have come from any number of different sources. It could have come from what you ate, the airplane seat you were sitting in, the conference you were, you were attending, the hike you took, uh, the tick that bit you. All those things could have been attributed to it. The doctor doesn't have enough time to ask you enough questions to figure out where that headache may have come from. Sure. Well, but data can be, can be captured now. Mm -hmm. uh, they can put your medical records up there in the cloud. They can put your genetic history, your uh, Fitbit results, your blood test results, your, your, your travel schedule, your uh, everything that you've done <clears throat> can now be captured and that can create much better diagnostics. Well, so that's the diagnostics part of healthcare. The therapeutics part of healthcare, now we can actually design things on the screen, design drugs on the screen that, that uh, work for diseases, but we can get even better than that. We can get the design of the drug that would work on the disease that you specifically have different from the one I specifically have, even mm -hmm. though they're both called whatever. Sure. Um, so, so now we're having bespoke medicine that is, um, and we can predict, we can be better predictors of efficacy and safety than the FDA. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, that part of the world now looks like it's wide open for big transformation. Um, but these same four technologies are going to potentially transform the biggest industries in the world. We, um, we got the benefit of the internet. It opened up communications around the world. Um, it transformed information and gaming and entertainment and media. All these industries that are sort of 10 to $100 billion industries have been transformed by the internet. Well, with these new technologies, Bitcoin, blockchain, smart contracts, artificial intelligence, you're going to see the transformation of the biggest industries in the world. You're going to see the transformation of banking and finance and, and commerce of all kinds. You're going to see the transformation of insurance. And, uh, and as insurance uh, relates to government, 
Now, government, here's, here's where I'm, I kind of go into my vision of the future. Government generally is 80% um, a lot of, um, of insurance programs. It's like uh, health care insurance or workman's compensation insurance or um, employment insurance or, uh, or social security or pensions or welfare. All of these are insurance programs. Well, there are always people in the way. And when people get in the way, uh, there's room for corruption, there's room for mistakes, there's room for unfairness. Um, if this can all be done with Bitcoin and, block, and blockchain on a smart contract, you can have, in effect, a perfect insurance model. Um, and you can use artificial intelligence to be the actuary. So you've got a, you've got a really good system. So you could, you could go uh, 11 miles off the shore of Goa mm -hmm. uh, and be in international waters and create your own country that provides health care insurance, mm -hmm. workman's comp insurance, Medicare, uh, all, all kinds of different kinds of insurance and in effect compete with the various governments of the world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and provide more efficient, more effective uh, insurance, fairer mm -hmm. insurance. Absolutely. And you knew it would not be corrupted by individuals. Well, this is a really big opportunity. Um, government is in the, those four or five industries I mentioned, uh, in, including healthcare, are in the trillions of dollars of value. Well, for an entrepreneur, that, would, that should light you up because here are trillion-dollar opportunities that are ripe for huge transformation because of these new technologies. So um, I see, eventually, I see governments competing for us and the borders becoming less relevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, the physical borders don't matter that much in this new world, Absolutely. whether you're Indian or Pakistani or American or uh, British or Chinese. It really doesn't matter that much because in, in the world, we know, having been through Draper University, where we've had people come from 86 different countries, <laughs> you realize that people are just people and they're 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 different within their group and they're different among their group and that's the beauty of the earth is that people are different absolutely and you get this um, you get more of that beauty if you open your borders uh -huh. and you're so I think the the business people of the world the people who travel are um, are starting to see this they're starting to see that that um, these wars and these borders, are less and less important as time goes on. They used to be really important. We used to be tribal for a reason. We used to have these tribes because we'd say, don't cross this line or we're all coming after you. And it was kind of this way of keeping peace. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, we're pretty peaceful around the world anyway, unless some government mm -hmm. flares up with anger toward another government. But those are usually two individuals with big egos. Well, you're, you're, you're seeing huge opportunity now for a new form of governance, a governance that has to compete for its citizens. 
And, and all the governments in the world are starting to recognize that they're in competition for the money, the entrepreneurs, the citizens, the businesses of the world. They are going to have to fight for those. So the more efficient and effective the governments are, the more naturally people will gravitate toward using them. Mm -hmm. And I say toward using them rather than toward them because I actually think the landmass will be separate from most of governance. Yeah. And governance will be, much of government governance will be virtual. And uh, I'm sure there will still be reasons for those land uh, based governments, things like where do you put the building, and things that will affect other people around you. But, uh, but things that can be done virtually, insurance is a big part of that, um, can be, will be done virtually, and that's a much more efficient, effective way, and it makes for happier citizens. Now, governments um, are going to take this in one of two ways. One is they might resist it and they because they're clinging to their to the old ways they're holding on to their job or their power or mm -hmm. whatever they're they're clinging to that because hey that's what that's what they've always known and that's what they have and they don't want to mess with it um, other governments are saying whoa bring it on this is new technology let's bring it on like your supreme mm -hmm. court here in india mm -hmm. said hey India, bring on Bitcoin. We want those entrepreneurs in our country. We want that progress in our country. We want that economy in our country. That is a positive move forward. Um, whereas the Chinese government's taken a big step backward. They have a, a president there that is trying to make sure everybody is controlled. He's very much thinking that it is all land-based mm -hmm. and he is um, restricting all of his people. Uh, and, and I think that that is going to be to his detriment. Mm -hmm. I think long-term, all the Chinese know that this is really important for their economy and they're going to want, uh, they want a free market. They want a, a decentralized currency. They want the, they want this future world where they can, they can invent and create and, mm -hmm. and make money and try new things. Um, and uh, fortunately, it looks like India's going that way too. But, but you'll see governments like, you know, the U.S. building a wall or a trade war or whatever. Those are things from relics of the past. Uh, the things that are the future are um, where Malta says, whoa, we want, we want to be the crypto center of the world. Mm -hmm. And then and Switzerland started out with the tiger by the tail, and then mm -hmm. they started to overregulate, and everybody left. Well, now Switzerland is coming back and saying, "No, we want you. Absolutely. After all, we want you. We will deregulate. Mm -hmm. We we don't need all those regulations." You know, I think in general, regulations breed corruption, and deregulation breeds freedom. And I think. Um, there's always a tendency to say, you should do this. Uh, and, and that tends to create new regulations mm -hmm. that people have to live by. But, but your set of values and my set of values and other people's sets of values are all slightly different. And we should be open to other forms of, of governance and other forms of thinking what is, 
what's good and what's not. Um, and what's great about that is we now have decentralization, which means that we can decentralize the decision-making on regulations, mm -hmm. decentralize the decision-making on juries, mm -hmm. on judgments, on... Uh, so you don't you decentralize the decision on uh, what is considered a appropriate speech. Free mm -hmm. speech is... Uh, we, we now have a company called... Uh, unstoppable domains that uh, that is uh, free speech for everybody and you can say you can be in China and say free Tibet mm -hmm. and it it's okay because nobody can take that thing down um, so I think that there are um, this movement is so much bigger than anything any of us has ever experienced before because we've always thought that we were tribal and all of a sudden, we're global. Uh, everything we do is global. Everywhere we go, it's global. It's a, you know, you'll, you know, now I can, I can get India food in California. I can mm -hmm. get California food in India. I can get, um, we're, we're global. We're all mixed up. We have a, a great, fun selection of, of people's inventions and creations, and we get to uh, experience all of them. And I, I think that makes for a, a wonderful world, and any borders, restrictions, I think are going to be relics of the past. I think you're going to, kids are going to, grandkids are going to come to you, and they're going to say, what is that, what are these booths? And you'll say, well, that, well, that was the TSA, or that was customs. And, they, and you explain that that was how you kept one set of people from going across to another place. And the, the kids would just say, well, that's really stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. Everyone should be able to move everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and people should be able to own property wherever they want to own property. And, uh, and I think that, and people should be able to gather and say, this is our, this is our, uh, our territory here. And they should be able to say, okay, our territory has a certain set of rules. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but the way these territories are divided up, all of that is going to be very different in the next hundred years. Wow. So uh, this is an exciting time. <laughs> I think we're, we're headed toward a more global and peaceful and loving world because, uh, because we really, these geographic borders are becoming more and more meaningless or mm -hmm. less and less meaningful. Absolutely. And, and so this grand vision, how are you supplementing that through Draper University? Because I know my life changed. I think the inner beliefs have completely transformed after I spent those three months in the valley and it feels like I'm still there with all of the network support that I get from Draper University. Team, alums, it's just beyond uh, imagination how much that can contribute. But what is... Uh, how you? How do you think? Uh, you know, what was the thought point towards pushing towards that vision through Draper University? Well, it, it, you know what's great about what happened with Draper University was that it became um, so global so mm -hmm. quickly, and you were able to go and build your own network of people around the world. So now, if you need to go to Estonia, you've got a friend in Estonia. You need to go to China, you've got a friend in China. You mm -hmm. need to go to the United States, you have a friend in the United States. That, um, 
that isn't available in very many places. And, uh, and, and what we do at Draper University is we put you in awkward situations and, you, um, and you're forced to sort of bond with those people. Mm -hmm. and, you, uh, and that forced bonding actually builds a lifelong, hopefully, <laughs> network of friends that you can lean on, use as your board of directors, uh, connect with, uh, experience things with, learn from. All those things can happen from those connections that you make. Um, the school, of course, is very different from anything anybody has ever had because um, normal school just says, you know, to get an A, you, you have to memorize all this stuff and don't make any mistakes. And Draper University is just the opposite. It is you have to keep making mistakes or your team doesn't get any <laughs> points. Um, we want you to keep trying new things and explore and and if whether you succeed or fail is only incidental, I mean, success is always better. But in general, we don't, we don't, we just want you experimenting. And if you go through your life experimenting, you are going to be an agent of agent agent of change, as well as a um, someone who accepts change and drives change. Um, I think you. Uh, and, and our world is changing faster and faster, and so I think people need to be trained to to not only adapt to change, but to embrace it and to push for it. Mm -hmm. And they will be happier and healthier people by doing that. Um, the school, of course, has survival training. We, we want to put you through some of the most difficult things you'll ever mm -hmm. have to do so that when you are trying to make a great change as an entrepreneur or an artist or a revolutionary, you will, um, you will remember that, hey, things can, you know, thing, things have been worse. I've, I've seen worse and I've lived through it, so I can actually do whatever, right? You know, living without a sleeping bag out in the freezing cold day, night, uh, whatever it is that else that we made you do out there. Um, it was, uh, that was the physical training. And then of course we did the emotional training Absolutely. and we pushed you to start to think about who you are, what mm -hmm. you are and what you want to map to and what's keeping you from getting from here to there. Um, and then intellectually we just try to stimulate you as much as possible. And, uh, and, uh, in building uh, relationships, um, we want you to be forced into a situation where you're you have to work in a team, mm -hmm. and that is uh, that is is that's probably the strongest thing that we made you do because you had to generate leadership uh, through that team. You had to understand how to follow when it was time to follow. Mm -hmm. You had to understand. Um, that different people have different strengths and you want to make sure you tap into those uh, as you go, as you build your life. Sure. And uh, that, you know, it's like a family. you you got to stick with them <laughs> uh, no matter what. And uh, I, think, I think the school really does set people up for great success long term. It gives them uh, the the encouragement to make some mistakes early on in their career so that later in their career mm 
mm-hmm. they can be very successful. And the school has been fabulous. I mean, we just had a wonderful lunch Absolutely. with all of the um, students from India, mm-hmm. and uh, and almost wherever I go, I, I get that. And and it's it the school is uh, different each time, but consistent enough so that uh, the alums can all. Uh, relate to something that we did absolutely and uh, that that has been great and I and we we also like when our alums tap into other alums to get something done absolutely so that happens all the time with me so I get so many reach outs for anybody who's looking to build a team in India look at some perspective in the blockchain space understand what's going on in India and it's just amazing to have now this global network and you know we have some of these some of our best partners that we've gotten from this network. And you know, it's super interesting to see some of these guys are amazing, brilliant things through their own ventures, but some of these guys are, are completely in huge, uh, M, uh, you know, corporations and they're, you know, at the, they've gone towards the leadership positions and then they're, you know, uh, promoting uh, and fostering innovation environment within the corporation. So it's amazing to see them all across. Actually, that's probably the thing that I that surprised me the most. I knew that we'd create a lot of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize we'd create these intrapreneurs, mm-hmm. these people who would go into big companies and get promoted two or three times within three or four years and move to real leadership positions inside of big businesses. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then I also didn't realize that we'd create so many people who are potentially uh, able to and willing to uh, change the way government works mm-hmm. toward this sort of new model of competing and becoming uh, a government that attracts its people mm-hmm. rather than restrains its people. Absolutely. And I think that's coming too. That's just, <laughs> I mean, we really, I really love what's happened with Draper University and all the students. And now with, we've had 1,200 students and they've mm-hmm. started 400 companies. And wow. They've sent me about 3,000 investment opportunities <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's quite amazing and and Tim so you've you've uh, been all for open mind and free speech right it's all about a diverse perspective when we were at JP University we learned, we learned through so many different entrepreneurs various stages all come sharing a different story a different context and you know something that got a lot of attention and is has been super controversial is the Citizenship Amendment Act that came in India by the government. And you shared uh, something on that as well. I'll just quote that for the listeners. Uh, it was along the lines: India choosing one religion over another makes me seriously concer- concerned about my plans to fund businesses there. So, can you share a bit of your contact uh, context on that standpoint? Yeah, um, whenever I've seen a country that favors one type of person over another, one religion over another, one race or look or sex over another, um, I have found that those countries uh, fail. Mm-hmm. And the reasons they fail are that it isn't tied to, success isn't tied to impact or, mm-hmm. or uh, effort. It is somehow tied to just having, you know, been born lucky or whatever. Absolutely. And I think that that is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I think it is, um, what is sustainable is an open, um, open society that mm-hmm. is honest 
and uh, and works hard, mm-hmm. uh, loves their neighbors, absolutely. Uh, no matter who, what mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that those kinds of things, those kinds of values, mm-hmm. create um, amazing success. And uh, and so whenever I see a country trying to uh, favor one. Uh, one type of person over another, yeah. and it, I mean, it's not just India. It's hap- it's uh, things like this happen in the U.S. Mm-hmm. They happen all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I see it, uh, I will I will identify it and let people know this is not good mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, you see it in diff- different ways in different places around the world. But wherever you see it, you you see also. Um, economies that just don't uh, that fail or just mm-hmm. don't um, don't thrive and wherever you see freedom and openness and transparency and, and uh, uh, a, a, a culture a can-do culture uh, that's where those are the economies that take off absolutely when China under Deng Xiaoping completely opened up and said well hey we don't know everything. We've mm-hmm. gotta, we gotta really let this thing um, rip and figure out how to how to uh, get some good businesses into this country. Mm-hmm. Um, China was really the best place to be, uh, and uh, in the U.S. when it got started with free speech, mm-hmm. free, freedom of religion, mm-hmm. freedom of assembly, all of those freedoms, um, they they opened for a 200, 300-year run mm-hmm. of a great economy. Absolutely. And I think countries that do that and they start to deregulate and mm-hmm. make it so that there isn't one group of people um, kind of lording over another group of people, uh, then you're going to have some really exciting times. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure I don't understand all the little intricacies <laughs> yeah. of um, of what's going on in India with the various borders and the various Absolutely. religions and all that. But I, what I do know is, if you treat one set of people differently than you treat another set of people, you are not you are not encouraging a strong economy. Absolutely. <clears throat> so this is. You know, it, it was just a great example of a time where I could speak out uh-huh. and I could say, "Look, this this is not good." Yeah, and, uh, and that's why I said it made me rethink. I mean, boy, India, what a great place to invest! So many great entrepreneurs, uh-huh. so many great ideas, so many hardworking people. Mm-hmm. A great place as as a venture capitalist to go hang out. Well, uh, it's if if suddenly from above. There are rules that restrict one group of people from being successful mm-hmm. in favor of another group of people. Then you you start to think, well, wait, I'm not sure I know how to play that game. Absolutely. Uh, as a venture capitalist, I've got to be completely open. Absolutely. And, and so uh, that would be then the advice for the government. You know, treat everyone equally and, uh, you know, create an environment where people are only uh, focused on working hard towards creating an impact. And deregulate. Absolutely. Because each regulation mm-hmm. creates another bureaucrat who can potentially be corrupted. 
Absolutely. And uh, and if you start deregulating, you start opening it up, uh, and then sure. and then the the free market starts to regulate itself, and it doesn't have to have somebody telling you you can't do this. Sure. The free market can say, well, look. The, if you do do this, mm -hmm. this will be bad for you. Absolutely. And if you do this, it'll be good for you. And that, that actually sends a much stronger message than just a disciplinarian government. Sure. So, so just to lighten things up a bit, I was thinking of, you know, doing a rapid fire round of questions. Where okay, I'm, let's do it. <laughs> I'll just ask these questions and the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. So three apps that you're hooked to right now. Oh, three apps. Um, well... Coinbase, <laughs> Coinbase, because I have a lot of crypto and I watch it fairly carefully, uh -huh. and uh, and Coinbase also uh, has great custody programs, some uh -huh. interesting things. Um, so Coinbase is one. Um, there's one called Captio because whenever I have a new idea, mm -hmm. um, I can write it down and email it to myself. It's a wow. very simple, yeah. one-step process. It's wow. very simple, and I've been using it. Actually, for, for years now, and I don't know why other people don't. It's wow. it's one of my four at the bottom. Uh huh. Uh, and then the third would be um, probably the app that I am developing. Uh huh. To uh, I'm actually working on two potential apps. One would be for Draper University to be more of a uh, decentralized <laughs> school, uh -huh. um, and then uh, to make it more of an an online school, mm -hmm. and then uh, the other is uh, I'm working on a, an app for uh, Draper Associates to uh, make it easier for uh, investors to come in and make it easier for entrepreneurs to be funded. So I'm I'm honing that down, uh -huh. and it's it's an app that I'm creating, not one I'm using. But uh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. So Captive and Coinbase, the one that you're hooked to right now, and two that you know you will be hooked to uh, as soon as they come. Yeah, and I guess I guess email, <laughs> email yeah. and te text. I don't really use very much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, in fact, I almost never use text mm -hmm. because email, I can do it asynchronously. If I'm texting, I have to be synchronous with the person. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes there's a good use for that, but mm -hmm. I find that I can get a lot more done by just pounding through my emails. Absolutely. And <coughs> I don't know how you're so quick at responding to emails. Yeah. With it's... all of us Adams, <laughs> quite surprised <laughs> how that happens. So, your favorite Indian entrepreneur? Well, let's see. There are so many. Um, our, our first uh, is has a very soft spot in my heart, and that's Sabir Bhatia because he created Hotmail, and um, and that was where uh, they came to me with web-based email, and I was able uh -huh. to put viral marketing Absolutely. on top of it, and it, it became Whoa. a magical thing, and it really did open up the world in so Absolutely. many ways that we we can now. You guys, I mean, probably aren't old enough uh -huh. to. To remember the change, yeah. that we never could communicate with mm -hmm. people around the world. It was, it was an eighty-dollar phone call, or it was wow. a, um, or it was a flight, and then you, you felt like you had landed in another planet, <laughs> and then you come back and you'd have to make three or four flights before you could actually mm -hmm. cut a deal with it. <laughs> and that, um, boy, that has significantly changed with Hotmail, and so. Mm -hmm. I, 
I'd say that that, um, that has been good. And then um, I have had also great success in working with Bloom Ventures and with uh, Iron Pillar mm-hmm. Ventures. Uh, they are scouting out a lot of great entrepreneurs mm-hmm. for me. And, uh, and then also we, we fund a lot of our Drake University students uh, in a small way and then hope that we were able to, to fund them later. So uh, I guess that's the... Yeah. So, so my next question, actually, <coughs> Indian, we see that you admire for investment bets. So I would say... Well, uh, one I inv- admire a lot uh-huh. is Vivek Ranadive, who uh-huh. started TIPCO and now owns uh-huh. the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and I, the reason I really admire him is that when... I asked him, well, what's your secret to success? I think he came on Meet the Drapers. And uh-huh. He said, every day I'm just thinking, how do I make this product better for the customer? Mm-hmm. He's always thinking about his customer. How does he make it better for wow. his customer? I remember when I was at Draper University, so he'd come into one of the morning sessions and there was like almost about 300 people in the main hall. There was a, a delegation from China that was there. It was also, I think, telecasted somewhere. And, you know, so you, so we, I remember I was working on my idea back then till 4 a.m. in the morning and, you know, somehow I'd skipped breakfast and just got in in time for the class. And as soon as I sat down, you called me onto the stage to share my idea with everyone. <laughs> and it was, so for me, I'd come from an environment where for the last six months I was building the app. And I came, I was, you know, it was overwhelming to see so many people talk as it is, you know, 30 of us, 33 of us were living at that time in that campus and once I saw so many people I almost got so nervous that I wasn't able to share my idea and then I remember how you stepped in you remembered what I was doing you stepped in to help me with a couple of questions you you stood right next to me and uh, you know also helped me throughout uh, to be more confident and then Vivek Ranadip started with his main thing so some small fun that's good that helps I, I know sometimes you just need a little like click in your brain to kind of go, oh, well, I do know this. <laughs> it's just I'm a little yeah. straight, a little embarrassed by being in front of all of you. Uh-huh. But uh, that's good. I'm glad I helped out. <laughs> we do do that. We make sure that our students uh, know how to speak in public. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. also, everything about Drake University is being comfortable with the uncomfortable comfortable with, with, you know, any kind of situation. So, you know, some of these were the points. Obviously, a lot happened at Survival Week as well. But yeah, amazing uh, perspective and amazing confidence that we got. So since we have only two minutes left... Uh, oh yeah, was, give me the rest of the <laughs> lightning round here. Yeah. And okay. yeah, so uh, a Bollywood star that you follow the most. Oh boy, Bollywood star. I know how to dance like a Bollywood star. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not too good with celebrity names. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'm not sure. I, I know the Shana. one I like. I got her. I got her in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know her name. <laughs> okay. No. So, so yeah, any Shahrukh Khan, Priyanka Chopra, uh, Deepika Padukone, any any of these on your list? Yeah, I recognize Deepika Padukone. Yeah, yes, her name is quite tongue twisted. So, yeah, so your favorite book for entrepreneurs? Uh, I wrote it. It's called How to Be the Startup Hero. And, uh, and I've made it in such a way that when you read it, you're going to start by wondering what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're finished with it, you will have a 
pretty good breadth of knowledge and maybe some understanding of what your business should look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first two-thirds of the book is, um, is about the, the, the pledge, the uh-huh. university pledge. Mm-hmm. How to, be, to be a true startup hero, you need to know the pledge. Mm-hmm. But what all those lessons are, and then the last third of the book is, okay, so you've gone through all this. You still want to be an entrepreneur because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Here are the things you should start focus on, focusing on. Mm-hmm. How do you make your customer into your sales force? Mm-hmm. How do you make, um, how are you making money? That's mm-hmm. something that a lot of great entrepreneurs never really figure out. How are you going to make money? Because mm-hmm. if you're not making money, you're really not doing anybody any favors. If they don't, if they aren't willing to pay for the service or mm-hmm. the product, you should really rethink the service or the product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you're in a nonprofit environment, you should mm-hmm. be doing the same thing. You want to make sure it's sustainable. It grows. You want the world to know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to build out your distribution. There are a lot of things you need to do. The best way to do that is to create a business that's profitable. Absolutely. And and so the last question, uh, one interesting trend that you're observing. Well, it, of course, decentralization. But I'm actually going to answer that in a different way because a, a great entrepreneur mm-hmm. is driving a new trend but is not trendy. Okay. Uh, he's not jumping on a trend that is just sort of here. Like, he's not creating a new thing for the coronavirus mm-hmm. because just because that's the thing that's written sure. in the paper today. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's saying, I'm going to transform the way people look at healthcare. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's the mission mm-hmm. and that's where he's going and he does it through some new technology or new science but he doesn't do it just because it's the, the flavor of the day Absolutely. because that flavor of the day will change and that will it'll be very difficult for an entrepreneur to just keep up with all the flavors mm-hmm. of the day so that um, it, it, to be a great entrepreneur you, you have to drive a change and what that means is you're going to have to do something that at first people will think you're crazy, mm-hmm. and then at best it's unpopular with most of the people of the world, and then it gets to be where you're you're messing with, uh, if it gets super big, you start messing with other people's uh, livelihoods, mm-hmm. and they come after you in a big way. So it is not an easy thing to do to be an entrepreneur, and to be a super successful entrepreneur is even tougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't do it lightly. Do it. It has to be your heart and your gut that tells you to do this. It mm-hmm. can't just be your brain. Uh, you have to be in it all the way. Okay, so that would be the advice. You have to be in it all the way, own the calling, and then go after solving the problem. Uh, slightly on a similar note on how difficult this journey can be. The last year saw many walkouts in the space even more skeptics, I'm talking about the blockchain and crypto space in, in specific and many technologists from the centralized world even brushed off the efficiency of blockchain products in general, right? So I see a lot of crypto hustles became side hustles for a while and this is happening on the ground and probably I can relate it more because I meet so many people. So what would be your advice to these entrepreneurs in the space because we definitely know many of them are down and disheartened. Uh, so yeah. 
keep keep heartened. Uh -huh. um, this is technology that really matters. Mm -hmm. uh, the internet went through the same thing. I remember the, the, the press was fighting Jeff Bezos so hard because they were saying, why are you taking people's uh, credit card numbers? Mm -hmm. and, and people would say, I never put my credit card on the internet. And, uh, and that just drifted away as mm -hmm. soon as they realized what a great service that was. If you are providing a great service and you know that this new decentralization technology uh, can help you do that, don't slow down. Go, go, go. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I made some investments um, early in some of the early crypto mm -hmm. uh, technologies, um, you know, with Bitcoin and Tezos and Bancor, some of the very first ICOs. Then when it got super popular or trendy, yeah. I backed off. <laughs> um, now, when things are tough, mm -hmm. I'm looking again at the <laughs> ones who have stuck it out that whole time uh -huh. and said, okay, these guys really believe, mm -hmm. and they've got to make this thing happen no matter what. And it wasn't the money that got them going. Mm -hmm. It was in their hearts. Absolutely. And so those are the ones that I'm starting to um, back again. Uh-huh. Uh, and that has been uh, great because I've, I've started to realize that um, it, it helps me separate the wheat from the chaff. It help, helps me focus and say, okay, this is a diamond and this is just charcoal. Absolutely. And the diamonds uh, are really valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, they are really changing sure. the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other ones... People dropped off because they were disheartened just because the price came down. Absolutely. They weren't thinking, I'm disheartened because the mission mm -hmm. is wrong. Absolutely. Uh, if they have a mission they truly believe in, the money won't matter. Mm -hmm. And the money will come. They will, it'll just show up. Really. If you're totally into a mission, somehow there is a, a, you become more attractive. Yeah, absolutely. And the venture people follow you rather than you trying to hunt them down. So, so yeah, so now is the time to hustle it out and, you know, Tim is going to be coming and fighting the ones that stay. Yeah, if you've, been, if you've been working on it a long time and you still believe, uh -huh. definitely give me a call, get, get in touch. Thank you so much, Tim, for giving me the opportunity for this conversation. And, even and, I'm, and I'm Tim at Draper.vc. Yeah. And I do look at every one of my emails. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know where to reach out, uh, Tim at Draper.vc. Uh, if you are inclined uh, to get, you know, to get inspired by some of the top leaders in the valley and across the globe, come be a part of Draper University, DraperUniversity.com. Uh, check, check out the program. Uh, you can reach out to me if you if you want someone to share their perspective with. I'm always open to talk about what how uh, you know things change for me post trip for you. And yeah, thanks for listening and thank you so much, Tim, for the continued support. Terrific! And read my book. Read <laughs> it's how to be the startup hero. I think it'll help you. Uh, you know, if, with your business if you're already doing it, and it'll help you in deciding whether to start a business. And then it'll help you um, once the business gets going. Absolutely. We'll do. Thank you, Tim. Great. Thanks for having me, actually.